0: Hello, you're listening to History and Hope, the history podcast from a Baptist perspective. I'm Mark West. And from a remote location, I'm Matthew Lyon. And today our topic is ministry during the coronavirus with a special guest. So currently, Mark, you and I are distant, together in spirit, separated physically. Yes, accurate. We are using the, uh, the newly discovered by most of us Zoom app. Mm-hmm. I wish Which, I had uh, uh, Zoom stock before this happened. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like 500% increase. Did you hear, unrelated note, did you hear about this small Indian company that makes replacement cell phone parts that is also called Zoom? I did, yeah. So I think the, the government had to put a hold on investments because people were buying stock in it mm-hmm. thinking it was the Zoom that everyone's oh, using. And so and they are like, hey, so their, their company's doing well residually. Yeah. Zoom's also announced that they've, uh, they spent most of their development cycles on usability. uh, But with the current increase, they've decided to pause all usability upgrades to focus on security because they have a bunch (laughs) of security problems. Yeah. I've heard some of the story. I mean, the FBI got involved with some of the breaches. Yeah. That that would make for an interesting, uh, you know, church incident. (laughs) Yes, it would. (laughs) So, okay, so let me introduce our guest. I'm here with uh Sung Cho, who is the pastor of Faith Bible Church, about about fifteen minutes from us. Yeah. So we've known each other for about what, a couple years now.
1: Oh, I think we met like a, about a year. It's only been a year. Yeah, it's only been it a feels
0: year. like forever. <laughs> <laughs> Take that how you want.
1: <laughs> it's only been a year.
0: No, it's been longer than a year.
1: Okay, a little more than a year.
0: Was it January of last year?
1: Yeah. I started
0: January last wow. year. I feel like we've been through a lot together, maybe that's why. Yeah, just, <laughs> you know, pastor ages you fast. That is true. It's <laughs> like one pastor year equals three regular years.
2: Um, <laughs> right.
0: Especially when you're new. Yeah, so we met uh, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So you're the pastor of by. We've been the pastor there for about a little over a year.
1: Yeah, about 15 months.
0: Yeah. You have a PhD in New Testament from Catholic University. hmm But you went
1: for MDiv. Where were you at? I went for THF, Master of Theology at Capital Bible Seminary. So all like it's a small school in Lanham. Well, it used to be in Lanham, but now it's in Greenbelt.
0: Which is near D.C. Right. Yeah. For our listeners at a distance. And then you you became the pastor of a church, suburbs of Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, similar to us. You are Korean American? I am. You've lived in the States for most of your life, correct? Yeah, I came here when I was eight years old. I'm mm-hmm. um, almost
1: 40, so yeah, most of my life. <laughs> but you still have strong ties to your Korean culture. Yeah, definitely. Family. Yeah, yeah, family. Grew up in immigrant churches. So. Mm-hmm. Your still. wife's Korean. My wife's Korean. Yep. Yeah. And you're a Baptist.
0: I am a Baptist. <laughs> Despite the name of your church. Right. Bible <laughs> Church. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're a Baptist mm-hmm. and... So that's significant for our podcast because this talks about sort of Baptist history. Mm-hmm. But today we're going to talk about the coronavirus, mm. which is what everybody's talking about. So we had been doing a series on Baptist distinctives. Right. But I don't think anybody cares about that right now <laughs> as much as what do we do in the midst of COVID-19? I
1: love that acronym. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I met with Mark Dever last week.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And asked him about Baptist distinctives. And I said, have you heard of the acronym? And he goes, no, I've never heard of that.
1: Oh. I was
0: like, hmm, okay. Well, you should get my new book coming out. <laughs> <laughs> he might think it's beneath them. Yeah. He's like, let me talk no, about yeah. Richard
1: Saves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so actually, so I asked him advice about what I should write. And he said, unfortunately, most of the pastors he talks to don't care about Baptist distinctives. Mm. They may be Baptist, but they feel like a book on Baptist distinctives is like looking at the answers in the back of the textbook mm. instead of going to the Bible. Mm. And we both agreed that that. Sort of feels like you're starting over, yeah, with theology and with ecclesiology, as if nothing had happened before. Now, and we're all going to go right to the Bible and figure it all out for the first time. Uh, so, I think we agree that it's better to learn from the people before us, and no need to start fresh. But anyway, applying it to this scenario, which I think the, the COVID nineteen has exposed a lot of our ecclesiology. Yes. When churches everything's going as normal, you kind of do what you've always done. And if you grew up in a Baptist church, you do things like a Baptist. But now that we're not allowed to meet, I think people's ecclesiology has come out. So you have met, when, when did you stop having meetings?
1: Well, um, so I actually, speaking of Mark, I went to the Weekender. Oh, that's um, right. You were at the I, Weekender. Right. Oh, so, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, uh, two, three weeks ago. Yeah, almost mm-hmm. coming up in three weeks. Yeah. So I actually had a guest speaker come and preach at my church okay. at uh, March 15th. So that was our last regular church meeting. Right.
0: right. So, yeah, Nate Allen was there. Mm-hmm. He's from Kentucky, starting a church in, uh, near Louisville. So he texted me during the time, and he said, they're deciding right now whether they're going to shut the whole thing down the first night.
1: Yes. that was.
0: And they ended up shutting it down the next day, right? Well,
1: so. So it was a Thursday. They definitely canceled the Sunday service um, and everything that happened on Sunday, actually. So, which was supposed to be the highlight of the weekender, right? Um, watching everything going on during service and everything, the members' meeting that was going to take place, the mm-hmm. prayer meeting, but that got all canceled. But they decided to have the weekender go on mm-hmm. until Saturday.
0: Okay, so you still got to interact with mm-hmm. Lehman, Dever, yep, yeah, elders. Well That was good. So that, but that was the shutdown week. Yes, it was. Yeah, so we didn't have service either. So that was it was only what three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, that. just seems
1: like <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just yeah. paying attention to Governor Hogan. <laughs> I know. He,
0: well, he's taking it seriously, <laughs> right? Unlike some governors. Right. Uh no, I think he's doing his best to protect people in this in this particular scenario. Okay, so you haven't met physically with the church. No. There's been no gathering. Same with us. We haven't mm-hmm. met either. We had small groups of first Sunday in several locations. Um when it was still sort of suggested mm-hmm. groups of 50 or 250 or something, mm-hmm. we met in small groups. But since that's that, well, two weeks ago, we haven't had any services.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so since we can't meet together mm-hmm. physically, don't you think it's a good idea that we sort of replicate what we would normally do digitally mm-hmm. so that people can sort of have the experience of meeting together in a church service? So does that seem like a good second option.
1: Well, I, it goes back to what you said about exposing what we believe, what the church is, what is the local church, um, what is our ecclesiology. And I think it's all coming out in, in, in the way we're supposed to be doing church. Right. And what has been helpful uh, in understanding what to do here is to try to understand what exactly is the church. And I think the church is a gathering.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a gathering of believers I was never comfortable with the idea of an online church because I don't think that's truly a gathering. Right. Yeah. So if church means ecclesia.
0: Right. Ecclesia. Church is not really, we don't really have a definition for church. Mm -hmm. So church is translation for ecclesia, but we don't know what the translation means. It's just a word. Mm -hmm. So what does ecclesia mean? Well, it means gathering, assembly. Assembly, right. I agree with you. That's why we haven't really done the replicated church service. Now, a lot of our listeners are doing that. Mm -hmm. They feel it's best to give the people what they can. But I I agree with you. What is a gathering? Mm -hmm. It must mean that you have come together, assembled. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, so you say don't do anything?
1: Well, what I have done um, and I know that I think Capitol Hill Baptist suggested and a church near where I live, Cadenceville Baptist, Chris Snyder. um, Good guy. Uh, He, he also has done what I've done is to suggest home worship guides, Mm. which is a great time to just revive these forgotten spiritual disciplines, Mm, just meditating and also leading. If you happen to be the father or the husband of a home to lead your family into devotion. You know, yeah. into, into times of worship to teach your kids how to pray, um, to read the scriptures aloud together. And if I, and I tried to tell them it would be great if you can prepare like a devotion and a mm-hmm. sermon, but I've sort of helped them su- by suggesting materials such as here's a good sermon online. Yeah. Or, and also what I've done is sort of as a compromise, I prepared a sermon, but I did not upload it at like eleven, which oh, is our right, normal service right, Sunday. Right, yeah. In yep. fact, this week's home worship guide has a link to the sermon I uploaded this morning. Right. So it's a okay. So they can listen to that. Right. But it's it, not a live stream. It's not live stream. Mm-hmm. It's a pre recorded sermon. Mm-hmm. And I tell them that in the email I sent, you're not missing church if you decide to do something else. Right. So right. I don't want to bind their conscience as if they're missing church. Yeah. No. So
0: it's interesting you bring up home worship. So in the Orthodox Creed in 1679, it's one of the early Baptist confessions, when they signed on to this creed, this confession, it says in there, and we do believe that all people ought to have in their mother tongue and diligently and consistently read to them in their particular places and families for their edification and comfort and endeavor to frame their lives according to the direction of God's word, both in faith and practice. So they talk about the Bible. Mm. They should be in their mother tongue and that should be read to in their, in their particular places and families.
2: Mm.
0: So when you sign this confession, you are agreeing to in your home, mm. read the scripture in your tongue and your language to your family and to your kids. So it's an ancient Baptist practice yeah. to do. What, and I think it's good. What you're saying is it feels like since you're going to church services, that's not so much important, but now that we can't do it, it's a good time to remind ourselves that, You know, the Bible is good at home too. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I just want to promote that idea that this is a, you know, strange time, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's by God's providence we're in this situation and we want to uh, just take full advantage of that.
0: Yeah. Now, what's the problem with the preacher and the worship team getting on Facebook Live? recording it and having people come and just watch it. They can't be there. At least they can watch it. Mm-hmm. I like guess what a lot of people are doing is mm-hmm. 11 o'clock on Sunday, the pastor will be there. The worship team will be there. They'll sing their, their worship set and you sing along from home and the pastor will preach a message. But I wouldn't say that's wrong. Does it like I there's no more scripture. I can see this as you're not allowed to meet in live stream.
1: <laughs> right. So it's, it's not forbidden. Right. But why wouldn't you do that? Well, I just don't think it's prudent. I don't think it's wise. I'm not here to, you know, condemn mm-hmm. the churches that are doing this, but if I would like to kind of go back to the idea, even before this crisis took place, maybe even go back to the foundation of multi-site mm. model or, yeah, well, I think this is a good time to actually reflect on it. Yeah. Um, multi-site, multi-campuses. Um, like, do, Does it, are we having one church at five different addresses? Yeah. Are we having one church in two different addresses? And if you believe, and maybe this is a good time to ask, you know, pastors that we know, mm-hmm. do you believe in multi-site? And if so, I think the argument, if you, uh, and I, I would not want to, you know, proceed to this yet, but if you don't believe in multi-site, mm-hmm. I would ask you I would ask you to think about why would five addresses not be one congregation? And now the home address of a member Mm -hmm. and the church address, why would that be one church? Right. Right. So if you can have five addresses
0: in a church of 400, Mm -hmm. why not 400 addresses? Right. Where everyone's connecting via a a live stream. So yeah, that presupposes that multi-service is not the best way to go. It, I think goes back to what the Bible says. What does the word mean? Does it mean assembly, Mm -hmm. and what does assembly mean? Is it a gathering? If you meet at one location and other people meet at another location, you have not assembled together. Mm -hmm. You have assembled separately. There's two assemblies, and and I think everyone's comfortable with that language: two assemblies, two gatherings. Yeah, Yeah. but those words mean church. Exactly. Two assemblies, two gatherings, two churches. Right. Those are all synonyms. Those are all translations of one word.
1: Yeah, and I would like to challenge. The pastors to think like, would you be comfortable doing a church mm. membership meeting mm. online or business right. meetings? Would right. you be comfortable doing the Lord's Supper?
0: Online? Communion, yeah, which yeah. has come up. Yeah. Online yeah. virtual communion. Yeah, I think communion is a good way to work backwards mm-hmm. because that's one of the basic church activities. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at First Corinthians eleven, which is the text we all read, what Paul speaking, What I received from the Lord, I delivered to you on the night that he was betrayed. But before that, he's, he's rebuking the Corinthians. And he says, when you come together, this is chapter 11, verse 18, when you come together as a church,
2: mm-hmm.
0: notice the words, when you come together as a church, and it could be even translated in a church mm-hmm. and not, not a building, but a group. He says, it's not to take the Lord's supper. now." You're like, well, what was it to do? Well, they said they were there to take the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, no, 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 You, When you come together to church, you say you're taking the Lord's Supper, but you're not. Right. And his point was, if you do it the wrong way, you can call it Jesus's command, but it's not his. It's your supper. That's what his criticism was. It's your, you're taking before other people. But look at the application. If you do church your way, it's no longer church. Mm. If you do the Lord's Supper your way, it's no longer the Lord's Supper. It's your supper. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is directly criticizing them. And so I feel like I listen to online sermons all the time and you probably do too. Yep. On a weekly basis, I listen to them and I'm helped by them and they inform my teaching and preaching. And it's, I think it's one of the greatest things about living in this time mm-hmm. is that you can have access to the best preachers globally. Yeah. And um, we should use that. But if you are not coming together, you can call it church,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's not church. hmm. It can be preaching,
2: right.
0: and I've heard some people say, well, if it's not if everyone's not there together, it's not preaching. Preaching is just proclaiming the word. You can do that online. You can do that in print. Mm-hmm. It's preaching. It's music, but it's not gathering. Mm-hmm. It's not assembly, and so I think the problem I have with the live stream version is it gives the appearance that there's a gathering. Mm-hmm. The, the camera angle is on the preacher, which is normal, with with the assumption that there's people there watching. Mm-hmm. and so you feel like there's a church gathering mm-hmm. but if you turn the camera around there would be nobody there Right. and and it's not that the sermon it's not that it's wrong to live stream a sermon or music it's this idea of we're going to give the appearance of a gathering mm-hmm. when there is no gathering
2: Right.
0: so I, I think it's ironic online church is like saying dispersed gathering right it's an oxymoron. A separated assembly. Right. right. It can't be both. Right. It's one or the other. Now, I think, like you said, I think most of the pastors, and I would say all the pastors I know, who are doing online church, what they call online church, what's their motivation?
1: Well, I, I think the motivation, this is where I think that we can all agree, mm-hmm. that we care for our members. Mm-hmm. Right? We care for... Um, just the congregation. We want them to stay engaged. We want them to um, just contribute to be part of the community. And I just think that at what cost? Is it at the cost of compromising a great definition, a biblical definition of what the church is? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and
0: I think it's important to highlight the pastor's motivation is we need to feed the sheep. Yes. The sheep are fed through word. Through the word, how do we get that to them? Hmm. Uh, And so I think that's—I don't think there's any reason to uh, to disparage people's motives. I think the motivation I see across the board is how do I feed the sheep? How do I care for my people? Uh, This seems to be the best way to do that, and I think that's the heart of a pastor. Yes. And so there's no reason to say that all of us pastors are trying to do the same thing, which is care for our sheep. We're really talking about how we do it. Right. I think this is revealing a problem i think some pastors were so easily brought into live streaming services online churches it were because they'd already trained their people to be observers mm-hmm. that the worship service even when it was gathered was a uh was an experience that you observed you watched the pastor preach you watched the band you watched the performance mm-hmm. and you could join in like at a concert. Mm-hmm. If you go to a concert to see whatever your favorite band is, you know, uh, REO Speedwagon, is that yours? <laughs> 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 Just, <laughs> I've never actually, I don't even know what their music sounds like. <laughs> you could sing along with them, right? Mm-hmm. But there, no one's there because you're there. You're not part of the performance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're there to see the band. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of churches have created that experience, maybe unintentionally,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where what's happening on stage is the focus. Mm-hmm. And you can see some of the, the consequences. The lights are often turned down in an the, the auditorium mm-hmm. so that the lights are focused on the stage mm-hmm. during worship with the, with the music. And so I think this is training people to say, you're not necessary for this. Mm-hmm. We're glad you're here, mm-hmm. but we're here to give you an experience. Mm-hmm. And you can have that experience at home.
1: Right. And it just goes against all the spirit of one another's, yes. right? The church covenant that you may have signed. And I hope that every yeah. ch- church thinks about that. Every, like the importance of membership. Mm-hmm. I think the tendency that we see, and I guess it's just a w- Western rugged individualism mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of Christians who are autonomous and anonymous. <laughs> and I think that's a very dangerous place to be.
2: Yeah. Right. Just without
1: accountability.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and just anonymous in the sense that the pastor doesn't know you, mm-hmm. uh, you don't know the pastor. And, of course, every church needs like small groups and things like that to k- feel connected. Sure. But I remember talking to a neighbor who said, uh, who knew that I was a pastor, mm-hmm. who just moved in, I think it was like last year, and said, I'm the pastor of this church right down the road. And he said, I just simply asked, what church do you? Do you go to church?
2: Mm-hmm. He's
1: like, oh, yes, I do go to church. And my pastor is Joel. I'm like, okay, who's Joel? Joel. And he said, Joel Austin. Right? Oh. And I'm guessing yeah. unless he's going to, I think, the Texas, Texas and Houston, in Houston, if I'm correct, he he believes that that's his pastor. That's his preacher. Yeah. He probably right? listens to him every every week. Right, because he preaches, right, yeah. to him. But does Joel Austin, uh, I mean, regardless of what you think about him, does he know yeah. this guy?
0: And does it matter
1: that he never goes to that building or right. that service? Yeah. He is autonomous and yeah. anonymous. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because those ministries, and all seen sort of a worst case example, uh, but just the ministry style is focused on the, the leader. right Yeah, I think church, the Bible is very explicit that you sing to one another. Yes. I think it's important for our people, especially in smaller churches. We both pass for small churches. Right. You're never going to have a good band in a small church. <laughs> You're just not going to, right You just don't have the talent base to have enough people who are really good at music to all do things at the same time. Yes. So you'll have some, we we both have a a few talented, but for the most part, like I'm not talented at at music. So small churches aren't going to be able to put on a very good performance. Right. And I know in our church, people are hesitant to sing Mm -hmm. because they say I'm not very good. Mm. And I think that's a challenge that all pastors need to face. If they're going to include people, without a performance, a sort of a high level of volume from the band that overcomes people's voices. So what I tell our members, I said, you need to sing so that people can hear you sing. Mm. Not because you're any good, but because it's important that they are sitting near you and they hear you singing the same thing they're singing. Mm. And they say to themselves, oh, I'm not the only one that believes this. It's not just the pastor up there who believes this or the worship team. Because everyone's like, oh, they're spiritual. Everyone knows if you're on stage, you're spiritual. Right. They need to hear just a regular person, right? You know, the older person who doesn't have a very good voice anymore because of age. They're still singing. Mm-hmm. The person who doesn't know the words very well and they stumble, but like the fact that you're trying to sing along is a assembly mm-hmm. of voices, a congregation, a gathering. And I think that's why the Bible says, "Sing to one another" in Psalms and spiritual songs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: edifying one another. Yes. Why can't why is it so important not to forsake the assembly? Not so that we can't hear preaching, so that we can edify one another. Right. And so our services are not about good music, though obviously we should have good music. Right. There's no reason to have intentionally bad anything in our service.
1: Right. We should try to our best to preach well, right? Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: But let's be honest, a lot of us are not Tim Keller. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right? Right. But that's not the point so much as it is that we're in this together. Mm-hmm. And that I can look at people and know them and they can know me. And that dynamic is biblical. Mm -hmm. And you don't have that when you're separated. Right. And I think in the New Testament, that's what Paul struggled with. He was still ministering to those churches through the letters that he wrote, Mm -hmm. but he never was content. Multiple times he said, I wish I was there with you. Mm -hmm. I'm there with you in spirit. And one day I'm going to be there in person. I've sent somebody. To be there, there's this this idea that he could not, from a distance, minister to them appropriately, yeah. and that's and he was given the best what their version of online sermons were. <laughs> 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 it was the New Testament, exactly. Yeah. So, it, it and I think he was in sort of the same isolation. He was in house arrest. Mm-hmm. He couldn't go. Just like we're all kind of in house arrest to a degree. Right. So he sent a letter. And so I think that's what we're doing is all of us pastors are finding ways to minister at a distance. Mm-hmm. But we should be very careful not to say this is okay, right. or this is church.
1: Right. Or a substitute. Okay. Or a
0: substitute. It's not a substitute. It's, it's something else. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a letter. Right. You can never have church by letter. And so we really can't have church by digital streaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this week we did a Zoom call. So we have a small enough church to where the people that were able we're able to all kind of get on the same zoom call. It was, it was weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was, it was better than nothing. It was good to, to be able to at least see each other from a distance. Uh, we didn't get a subscription. Okay. So time ran out right <laughs> at the end of my message. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got through most of it, but everyone just kind of got kicked off. I joke that people wish we had that in real, <laughs> <laughs> in real church. Let's go over time. just cuts off. Uh, so that's what we did. We did a Zoom call and it was sort of like a Bible, we call it Bible study.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll do that again this week. We're gonna have a chance for people to give testimonies individually. We're gonna stream a YouTube video at the same time mm-hmm. for a song, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna give a, a kind of a message. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically a Bible study where they're getting a little bit of connection, a little bit of word. It's not a church service because we're not gathered. Right. We're all we're all separated individually. Yeah. And I hope, I hope people continue to feed their flock.
2: Yes. Like you as a
0: pastor, you need to shepherd your people. Definitely. Just recognizing that we are on hold mm-hmm. physically.
2: Right.
0: And we don't need to replace that. In yeah. fact, Dever is not having any services, he's not right. doing anything.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, he said, we're providentially hindered and we're not going to try to get around that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> like I said, we can all agree to disagree. But he's still, he, I heard he's emailing his members regularly mm-hmm. throughout the week.
1: I think one of their elders are having a like virtual Bible study on Wednesday. Mm. So, um, so it's
0: kind of the same thing.
1: Yeah. yeah but I don't think they're out. doing anything on Sundays. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. I think the big concern here is we're not teaching our people that you can be at church and not be at church at the same time. Mm. And that church is really just you watching someone else do something. Right. That's, a, that's a very, I think it is a very Western idea of uh, uh, consumerism. You consume what's being given to you, as opposed to participating. I, I use the illustration of you're on a football team, and you you you're you playing. Then you get hurt. And we've seen the you know the movies where the guy gets hurt and he has to go home and watch it on TV.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not that he can't be at the game; it's that he can't be in the game. Like he was supposed to be in the game, and now he's at home watching on TV. That's what's happening right now. Right. The difference between playing in a game and watching on TV is the difference between church and online, whatever. Mm-hmm you would never say well, like well it's better to be at the game it's like well, we're not supposed to be at the game we're supposed to be in the game mm. so we are part of the team when the when the church sings we are all part of this the group that sings right being at the church was yeah. never an option you were supposed to be the church yeah you're be the church right. you, when be you gather gathering. yeah pa- paul said when you gather as a church mm-hmm. and even preaching you know this people can be a part of the preaching even when they're not the speaker mm-hmm. uh the way they interact with you. Yes. Uh, we both have churches that are, your church is predominantly white, mm-hmm. correct? Right. Uh, so, the, and, and our church is a predominantly white cultured background. It's a very quiet church, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like yours is too. Most of the time, they don't really react much, but they do react some. Mm. And you can tell when people are just not participating in the service, whether it be, depending on your context, nodding their head, saying amen, shouting falling asleep, like whatever the <laughs> interaction is. So it's a communal event. Right. Preaching is communal.
1: Exactly,
0: The preacher is preaching to a group of people who are listening. Right. And they're, inc- you know how it is. I, I preach in services where the people are not on board mm. and that's hard. Yeah, That's some hard preaching as opposed to preaching where they are on board. And then you have a freedom and you have a c- community. So that's what we're missing with the sort of online and the yeah. engagements. But to the next point, just because we can't gather doesn't mean we, we're not pastors anymore. Right. So what are you doing to minister to people when you can't actually see them, greet them, be around them? Like, what, what things are you doing?
1: Well, some of it is just as before, um, emailing uh, emailing them, seeing how they're doing, calling some of the shut-ins. Mm-hmm. And, and you know one of the things that I've learned through this experience and through reflection is that I understand a lot better what it feels to be a shutter. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's just such a great lesson. And week think, after week of being right, at home, right? Not being able to go out, and maybe even fearing just my life could be gone, yeah. right? And yeah. I, maybe I'm healthy enough, but just thinking about my you know elder members give me more sympathy. Yeah, uh, checking on them. But one of the things I we added. Uh, the, my other elder and just uh, my treasurer, we've been thinking about how we can help people financially, mm. um, people in our midst. Mm-hmm. So we moved in a concentric circle. First of all, our membership. Yeah, we Just sent an email immediately. Did any of you mm-hmm. lose jobs? Are you guys getting paid hourly wages? Just to see how that goes. Yeah, And then we looked around to people who come to our church who are not members.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we also thought about ministries in the area that could use support from us. Yeah, And now... Um, you know, with some discussion, maybe even look beyond that to um, our neighbors Mm -hmm. and people just each member to look, keep an eye out. So in terms of um, just because of this, uh, all the connection to the economy, the first thing, in addition to what we normally do in member checkup and care, is to see how they're doing financially. Yeah, Yeah. which is a big thing when you can't work. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if you were just barely making it before... Mm-hmm. now you can't work right yeah that is that's important so you email mm-hmm. phone calls uh we've been doing the same thing Yeah, we we actually split last week we split our membership up among the elders we all called them okay and now we're to tr- make sure we reach out to at risk people we're gonna send out an email then we're gonna have the zoom meeting on sunday and we're even thinking about doing zoom uh small groups where i lead like a bible study with like five or six people where we can actually have, we haven't done that yet, but just another way, I think that's we have to be creative, but I think it's interesting what you said about it. Now, you know what it feels like mm-hmm. to be limited, right. to be isolated, to be restrained. Yeah. And that's how people have been feeling for years in yeah. a lot of cases. Right. And I think the coronavirus people, you know, why God send it, it's this or that. I don't know why any of that, but I know that he, God does use these things mm-hmm to reveal and to train. And I think that's one of them is to realize how important and how much for granted we take liberty, travel, gathering. Mm -hmm. And many people in our church can't do that. Right. And so hopefully we have more of a sympathy and empathy for them.
1: And it goes beyond just the shut-ins and the elderly members to uh, people, uh, believers in the world who never could have a normal gathering. Yeah. Right? Like missionaries or uh, people who are in underground churches. Right? Yeah. I mean, they have, in a sense, a church because they're gathered together, but they couldn't do it openly. Right. right? Um, They didn't have a building to gather at. so
0: Yeah, it's very limited. Now, one thing that you have a special insight into, and we've talked about this, is the impact it's had on Asian Americans, or just Asians in America, Mm -hmm. or Asians, I guess, supposedly, globally. Now, you I think the first time I heard you say something when we met three weeks ago and how you were at the gym. And every time you coughed, people would look at you. So you obviously look Asian. And most white people can't tell the difference between the – how many Asians are there? A billion, two billion?
2: Yeah, Yeah.
0: Billions of Asians. We are not trained to distinguish between the thousands of different ethnicities within that. So I just read that there have been, I think, a thousand new cases of anti-Asian attacks, physical attacks, verbal attacks. I've seen people I follow online uh, post pictures of of printed things uh, attacking Asians. The FBI has put out warnings about it, about the rise in, uh, in, I think, in New York, something like 500% increase. So, and then I read recently someone else saying that every time there's a public health crisis, there's a rise in attacks on some group. So you've experienced this in a different way than I have for cer for sure. Right. As a white person, no one's looking at me, even though I could have coronavirus right now. Right. More people have it in America than, more reported cases in America than anywhere. Yet, people look at you differently. Yeah. So how, what's that like as an Asian American?
1: Well, first of all, I mean, um, I just think that, um, yeah, there is this fear on top of fear. In, in, the fe- in the sense that all of us as humans just fear, I mean, uh, just getting sick. I yeah. mean, obviously, I believe that I'm going to heaven. That's mm-hmm. great. But obviously, God gave us instincts yeah. to avoid disease, right? <laughs> right? That's why Mark's not here with yeah. us. Right? <laughs> yeah. We're crazy, I guess. Um, yeah, we're, we're still past- sick, we're six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're still six feet apart. But there's another fear on top of that. Mm. It's like, um, um, my wife was out walking the dog or just, you know, doing the The thing and I just felt a little scared so I Mm. actually walked out with her just to see her from a distance right I mean would that be for a normal person no I don't think Mm -hmm. so because we're Asian I fear for my wife and when Mm -hmm. she wants to go grocery shopping I said please be careful Mm no like if we just want to take a walk around the neighborhood it's just another fear that I I face so it's
0: interesting because my wife went out yesterday and not a single thought crossed my mind about her right I didn't not that think you're her. a bad husband or anything. It's yeah, <laughs> no, I did, I am very concerned about her safety, but I didn't think her going to Walmart would be extra dangerous. Yeah. And it's, it wasn't like, well, let me think about it. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Because no one's targeting white women right now. <laughs> My wife's white. Well, your wife's Asian.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's interesting. Like, I think pastors and people need to hear, you are not you're not trying to make a political case right now. No. You're saying, I care about my wife. Mm-hmm. I was concerned that because she's Asian, only because she's Asian. Mm-hmm. I mean, when was the last time she traveled to Asia? <laughs> <laughs> right? Who knows? Right. Like years ago? Or yeah. <laughs> certainly not in the past three months. Nope. <laughs> Yet, because of the way she looks, mm-hmm. she's at a higher, you felt she was, oh. she was at more risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and uh, so, and I, people talk about white privilege doesn't exist. But what do you call the fact that I don't have to worry about my wife and you do? Right. That's a benefit that I have that you don't have mm-hmm. for no fault of ours. Sure. I, it's not my wife's fault or your wife's fault. It's just a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so just her going for a walk, raised your level of concern.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, yeah, And it's not because you are not as you're sort of a, you've been fooled. You're sort of a low information person who's just afraid of everything. Like you're well-educated, you're a pastor, you're out in the community. And yet because of the world we live in, so, what would you say to pastors who have either Asian Americans in their church, their family, their neighborhood? What should they be thinking when they interact with those members or, or
1: acquaintances? Yeah, I think that it, this is a great opportunity, right? Just as we sympathize with. Maybe the poorer members of our mm. church, and you don't know until you ask, right? Mm-hmm. You're, like, is everyone doing okay financially? Is your job yeah. okay? And that's those are the questions I've been asking my mm. members. You may want to call someone mm. a, a POC in your church, just as person of color, right? Just hey, do you and if That person's Asian. Just mm-hmm. like hey, how do you? How are you feeling? Mm. How's everything? You know, yeah. Just be a good pastor in that sense. Right? because yep. every person is unique right and so I think it's a great opportunity to love your own flock mm-hmm. and then once you do that um you'll grow and if you can encourage your congregation to also ask those same questions mm-hmm. you'll encourage them to grow in these one another's right loving one another right right and just and even beyond that going to other Asians outside your church mm-hmm. and to love the stranger yeah so I think it's a great opportunity and you know this is a very Difficult to be just cooped up, yeah. But the ministry has doesn't have to stop, right? Yeah, it's, it's a
0: greater opportunity, right. To love people who are when someone is marginalized or attacked or made to feel a certain way, it's an opportunity for us to do the opposite of that and make them feel included, mm-hmm. make them feel welcome. And I, it sounds petty sometimes, but I was at the the uh, I was at Lowe's mm-hmm. getting material for the our building. And there are Asian people there with a lot of Asians in the area. And I don't know if it mattered, but I thought I'm going to make a point not to step out of the way too far or or react in a way that showed them I was afraid of them because people are doing that. They're they're crossing the street or they're pulling their kids away or they're, they're stepping out of the grocery line, all little signs that says you're not us get away from us. Mm -hmm. And it's our job to do the opposite Mm -hmm. to embrace people. And even if, you are under the ignorant impression that Asians are some more, somehow more likely to have the flu or the, the virus, which is not true. Christians have always embraced sick people. Mm-hmm. The, the, the plagues that hit the world, the Christians stayed to help yeah. and died. Right. So fear is never a reason to not do what the Bible says. Yeah. And like you said, it's an opportunity. We do have I, one of the Asians in our church, we contact them. Fortunately, he's in an environment, a military environment, where that doesn't affect him Mm -hmm. because the military does a better job (laughs) than the church does in a lot of cases. Uh, But it's an example of he felt included because he was in the military Mm. and that he wasn't going to be excluded because he was Asian. Mm. I think the church should do the same thing because you're with the church. If you're around a Christian, you're welcome.
2: Mm.
0: Whether you're Asian, whether you're sick, whether you're poor, it doesn't matter. Uh, Now, you mentioned this to me via uh, text, the statement that was put out.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you sign it? I was, I read it. Careful. I didn't get a <laughs> Did investigate sign it again. enough? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm number five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, type five, got to investigate. <laughs> hey,
0: there should be more of that going around rather than just randomly signing stuff. Yeah, so just for our listeners, the, is, is it a new, it's a new organization, right? I think so. Yeah, so it's called the Asian American Christian Collaborative. Which you can find at Asian American dot com. Mm-hmm. They put out a statement last week called the statement on anti Asian racism in the time of COVID nineteen. I know Raymond Chang. Okay, I follow him on Twitter and I've followed him for a while. He helped put it together. It's a lo- it's kind of a long document. Yep, and it's blunt. Right. I mean, they just put it out there. Hey, things are not good for a lot of Asian Americans yep. because we're being targeted and we're being attacked and we're being made to feel like we shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's a hit and they give it the history of it. It was called the yellow peril
2: mm-hmm.
0: where when bad, bad things happen in certain s- environments, the Asians are looked to as the danger. Mm-hmm. You look at uh world war two, right? It was a Japanese, Japanese internment camp. Yeah. Some of those, some of those Japanese in those camps had sons fighting the Germans hmm. in the American military, like right. literally being killed for America. And at home, their dad, their mom, their granddad were locked up in another location. And it was this fear. And and they give more examples of that's happened more than the, the Chinese Exclusion Act, mm-hmm. where widespread government actions or local actions saying because you're Asian, you're dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's part of American history.
2: Yeah.
0: And here it is reemerging.
2: Right.
0: right. The past has not disappeared, it's still affecting the present. And so the statement is is a way to, to understand that.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I signed it. Um, I'm not quite as investigating <laughs> Maybe I should be. Uh, our church hasn't signed it as an entity because we're, we're going we to work that way, but I signed it personally. And I would encourage people to at least read it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: if not sign it themselves.
2: Yeah.
0: And sh- I mean, part of what they're saying, it's a, sh- it's a way to show solidarity yes. with fellow Christians, fellow Americans, and then just fellow humans. And let's be honest. The racism against Asians has increased in the past few weeks, and partly because of the, the rhetoric of the president. Mm-hmm. When he calls it the China virus, Chinese virus, it makes people afraid of Chinese people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I know we could say, well, it started in China. And what about Ebola? What about like, Okay. Does it raise the concern against Asians? Context. Yes. Context <laughs> matters. Right. Who cares what happened else <laughs> elsewhere in the world or history? If calling it a Chinese virus contributes to attacks on Chinese people or people who appear to Americans or white Americans as Chinese, Koreans, Thai people, then you shouldn't use that word. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't call it the, the Wuhan virus, call it the Chinese virus because it plays into a history of Americans attacking Asians.
2: Right.
0: And the president is not concerned about that. Mm. And he reflects a large portion of America. Christians include. I've heard plenty of Christians say, what's wrong with calling the Chinese virus? That's where it started. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. But because it increases enmity against Asians, that's why.
1: Yeah. Um, Enmity versus empathy and sympathy. Mm -hmm. You know, like, just as I keep saying, there's this great opportunity that we have. And, you know, just... I hope that many people look into it just because I'm taking my time. Doesn't mean that you have to take a long time to do it, but I think it would be a great opportunity for pastors who are, you know, white or different Mm -hmm. race to sign it because it should be more than just like, okay, because I'm married to an Asian Mm -hmm. or I have children who are made to Asian. That's why I feel this. Mm -hmm. I think we should, we can do better in some ways. Right. Um, you know, when I first came to church last year, I was like, wow, there's widows here. There's widowers here. uh, There's older people. Will I ever understand what it means to be a widower or widow? Do I have to wait until I'm like older? Mm. Or can I take proactive just action now? So yeah. I picked up books like. C.S. Lewis's grief observed, mm, right? Yeah, which is nothing like other C.S. Lewis was. Right, uh, right. It was just different. very different, mm-hmm. and just this man is just going through tough time. Yeah, you know? and so I took action, and I'm not saying I did such a great thing because mm-hmm. I still I'm working on empathy and sympathizing with other people, but I think that that communicates more, and it communicates to my congregation that I want to understand what yeah. that feels like. I want to understand what it feels mm-hmm. to be bereaved or yeah, lose the uh, lose a husband or wife mm-hmm. is, and I think that more than me signing this as an Asian, mm. right? I think it will be great for people who have Asians in their congregation mm-hmm. who may not have any Asian in their family. Yeah, right. To be able to say, I'm going to stand in solidarity mm-hmm. with people who are marginalized, and yeah. especially believers in my midst. Yeah, who are uh, marginalized, <laughs> and
0: it's so it, it's. People talk about identity politics. This is biblical. Paul says, weep with those who weep, Mm -hmm. grieve with those who grieve, rejoice, bear one another's burdens. If you are concerned for your wife, I should be concerned. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm the same as you, but because I'm taking on that concern. Mm -hmm. If there are people in your church, and and we understand it with other groups, like you said, older people. We understand that we should be concerned with older people when we're young. This is the same thing. If there are people in your church or in your community who are afraid because they're being targeted, then we need to stand next to them and not wait till we're targeted. Right. That's not what the Bible teaches. And so it's a sin to ignore or to separate yourself from other people's problems because they don't affect you. It's a sin. Mm -hmm. And so if there are Asian American Christians or fellow humans who are are, are suffering, then the Bible says that we should suffer as white people with them. And to do less than that is to disregard Scripture. Yeah, and I don't. It doesn't matter what politics say. It doesn't matter what American culture says. The Bible says, "Bear the bur- bear one another's burdens."
1: Yeah,
0: empathy is feeling other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. When, that's what the Bible says. When, weep with those who weep. Why are you weeping? Mm-hmm. Because you feel the grief of somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's that's a heart change. And I think that's what like as Christians, we believe the Holy Spirit has to do that to you. It has to change your heart so that you actually feel what other people are feeling. Right. But that's what that's the great thing about being a Christian, is that Christ knew our burdens, and so now we know one another. And it's not it's not being a good person to sign this statement.
2: Right.
0: It's being a basic Christian. Like, there's a lot of what we call virtue signaling, like, oh, I'm gonna be the good person white savior who goes and helps the Asians like, no, you're just going to be a basic Christian who just does what every single Christian, the world should do. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing special about standing in solidarity. Yeah. It's, it's only what Christ calls us to do. And the only, th- the only thing that's special is disobeying Christ's commands. It's sort yeah. of a special sin. Yeah.
1: And I think that, um, you know, it, some of these issues may be bigger than you seem to be able to, mm-hmm. um, you know, digest right Mm -hmm. maybe you're just kind of scared of just living the next day but just look around your neighborhood if there is an asian family in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. just check up on them Mm -hmm. you know and as i said earlier if there's an asian in your congregation check up on them and i don't think you know believe in a local church we also believe in local outreach right Right. you don't you don't have to solve all the problems in the world right right? you don't have to get into all the politics just try to love a neighbor near you who may be asian Um, other day I ordered Chinese because I felt like eating out. So I just ordered Chinese. It's funny
0: because (laughs) the two Chinese restaurants we go to in our neighborhood are closed down because of this. And I know it's because people aren't going there because they're afraid of Asian people.
1: They might be afraid of attacks too.
0: Yeah. So they've shut their restaurant down and the effect that has on a family.
2: Yeah.
0: When what should be happening is all the Christians and there's a lot of Christians in this area are making a point to go and help them which is not happening. And so that's local. That has nothing to do with any election coming up. That's just five minutes from here. Mm-hmm. We go there on a regular basis and now it's shut down. That's our problem. It's our concern. Yeah, so I think that's a good point. It's just don't get involved in national politics if you don't mm-hmm. have to yeah. local there's especially some of our pastors. Those of us who live on the East coast, California, uh place like Houston, or hubs that have a lot of Asians, a lot of Asian immigrants. Mm -hmm. So in our new building, our neighbor, it's a Zen center. Have you heard of that? World Zen Center. Apparently they're Buddhist locations where people go to sort of have their version of Buddhist church. And I don't know who's, I I don't know if they live there or if they just sort of come in as interns. But the lady there came out and greeted us because we're right next to each other she couldn't speak any English Mm. and I know, and I could just sense from her, this was a few days ago. It was almost like she was saying, Hey, I'm okay. Mm. Like, I just want you to know who I am. I can't speak any English. I know you're going to think I just came over from China. I don't know if she's Chinese or not. And it was a time for me to like, I went up to her. Of course I kept six feet distance, social distancing, but I was very in a very, it it was no burden on me Mm -hmm. to just greet her and say nice thing and try to say hi to her. I think that was an opportunity,
2: right?
0: Sort of a gracious opportunity for me to be just a basic, decent human being, yeah, <laughs> to someone who I know is afraid.
1: And you doing that versus me doing it right. actually has bigger impact, right? It can has this opportunity show, to show the love of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that you're different, but you're still willing to love your yeah. neighbor. So, yeah, and I think we
0: should pray to that end. That we should pray that God. I, I couldn't have planned that meeting; right. that was out of my control. So I think we should pray for the opportunities, but also pray for the preparation beforehand.
2: Mm.
0: Like Many times we have opportunities we don't know what to do. Mm. And so hopefully, you know, you come on the podcast is a little bit of a way for us to say here are some things to think about. Prepare yourself for when God puts somebody in your path. Like the Good Samaritan. Mm. I think the Good Samaritan is a picture of Christ. But the Good Samaritan knew what he was going to do for anybody he came across before he came across that person. Mm. He didn't have to decide in the moment like, oh, what do I do? You know, look up a podcast or read a book. <laughs> He'd been prepared, mm-hmm. and if it's a type of crisis, because that's crisis on nature, we have to be prepared before the incident, before the the crisis. And I think this whole crisis is showing us that myself included, I'm not quite prepared right. for how to handle these sorts of things. And I think it's God's way of showing us room to grow, yeah, room to uh, use creative ways to minister and to reach out to people. And be thankful in all things, yes. even pandemics, because they brought to light issues that we've been ignoring. Definitely. So, well, thank you for coming on the uh, podcast. I almost asked you to bring me some Korean food. <laughs> well, not some Korean, some Asian food from your part of town because they're still open up yes, there. Yes,
1: they are. I, I should so, have thought of that.
0: Sorry. I meant to call you. But practically, that is something people can do. Just order Chinese. Yeah. And just be normal about it <laughs> right <laughs> so anyway uh, thanks for coming on we will be back at another time with our podcast this sort of uh, we call it the Maryland we're in Maryland so Maryland's on lockdown like stay at home unless yep. it's essential business mm-hmm. food podcast <laughs> 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 uh, I do think this is essential as much as anything uh, we can't really do much so our podcast isn't a little bit hindered right now like our church service but we'll be back thank you for listening if you have any questions you can email us at podcast at history and com. or messages on twitter at history and hope you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher spotify or any app podcast app of your choice